Good morning again. Good to see everybody. Glad that you are able indeed to be with us this morning as we come together to worship God. This first opportunity that we've had to worship God together in the new year. And we are just thankful that we have this chance to be together. I'm a little concerned when I talked to the brother. I was like, I'm trying to be respectful. I said, okay, what time do I you know, need to be finished by? He said, well, we just do the one service. So if you're done by... Two o'clock will be okay. I'm not sure I've prepared enough material for two o'clock. But then again, if you would talk to anybody at Tyner, they would say, yeah, that's not going to be a problem for him whatsoever. He, he can do that. So I'm not sure if that was a, a great idea to give me that opportunity or not. But now I'm not going to go till two o'clock. But anyway, we'll, we'll just see, see how we do here as we get to share God's word together. Um, Dad has just enjoyed immensely the opportunities he's had recently to come and be with you and, and to share God's word. The congregation here, as I know he shared with you, has just very great meaning to him in getting him to the Chattanooga area and just the great things that God has been able to do through his life as a result of that. And so just a very soft place in the, in the heart of the Cup family for the White Oak family and to have this opportunity for you to let me come here today. I appreciate it. Um, I think it is probably worth noting. I hope this will get back to someone. So if y'all can make sure this gets delivered, the one relative I have in the congregation, Carl, made sure he wasn't going to be here today. So um, I'm not exactly sure how to take that. Um, by the way, he is related to Lisa. So I guess through marriage, we are related. But yeah, if you get that message back to Carl, I, I know I would appreciate that. Uh, no, Carl let me know he was going to be out of town, but um, hate not being able to see him today. But again, thank you for letting me be here. What do you talk about as we talk about when we began class this day? What do you talk about when you get into the new year? What kind of things do you have to share? I have shared for, I was sharing earlier that this would begin my 23rd year at Tyner. Um, kind of hard to believe, but um, begin would be the beginning of my 23rd year. And as I said, they deserve sainthood. They have put up with me for that long a period of time. And I'm thankful that, that I get to be with them. But as we get to the end of the year and we start the new year, they, they kind of know what kind of sermons I'm going to be presenting. You start reflecting on, on the last year and you start looking forward to the new year and the great challenges and the great opportunities that are going to be there for you. As I thought about today's lesson, I want to ask you a question. And the question is very simply this. When are we going to get around to it? When are we going to get around to it? I've shared with you, some of you know where I spent the um, almost last 32 years of my life working. We won't mention that, but I will mention when I was in high school that I worked at a place. I mean, if you probably are aware, I'm not too terribly far from here up on top of Lookout Mountain. I worked up at Rock City. And I had just a great opportunity there, um, six summers, and just thoroughly enjoyed my time working up there. It was great for me, and, and I enjoyed it immensely. You may not know that they have a warehouse at Rock City, but sure enough, we had a warehouse up there, and that's where I worked those six years, and just really enjoyed that. And, you know, when you went out there onto the floor and all those wonderful souvenirs that the children are begging you to buy. Well, yeah, I was the one responsible for making sure that all those souvenirs got out on the floor for individuals to have that opportunity to get into a fight with their families to say, no, you really don't need that. But one of the things that we sold up there on that floor was this little, little coin, little wooden coin. You know what I'm talking about, right? It was this little coin and it said round to it. See, some of you already know exactly what I'm talking about there. Now, man, I have to say that generally we took the biggest brunt of that 
Because you would hear women come by and they'd look at that and they'd pick that up. Here you go, honey. This is what you need around to it because you're always telling me you're going to get around to it. And so, you know, those, those women would look to their husbands and, you know, would say, you, you, you know, you need this. And maybe when you look at it, it will remind you that you need to get around to it. Getting around to it. You realize the Bible spends a lot of time talking about when we are going to get around to it. Have you ever looked at how many occasions in the Bible that the Word of God talks to us and said, okay, George, and, and notice I'll just put my name here, nobody else's. It says, George, now when are you going to get around to it? You know what you need to do. When are you going to get around to it? And the one thing that you will find interesting, everywhere you see that addressed in the Word of God. It doesn't say, well, George, you know, you just began 2022, so, you know, be thinking about it. Now, let's make sure you start that in 2023 or, you know, I'll get too carried away. Start that in 2025. Now, when you look into the Word of God and the Word of God says, now, George, when do you need to get around to it? What is the answer in the Word of God? It's a three-letter word. Now. Now is the time God says that we need to get around to it. We don't need to be putting it off. We don't need to be waiting. We don't need to be saying, well, okay, I'll, I'll do that later. Again, I'll get that round to it coin. I'll get around to it later. The Word of God says, listen, I need to be doing these things, but I need to be doing them now. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2. We then, as workers together with them, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Listen to what he says. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Why don't, when do we need to start doing God's Word? When do we need to start moving forward? And I appreciated so very much the prayer this morning. Of Lord, help us as we as a congregation are trying to continue to go forward. So when do we need to start making that preparation? When do we need to make sure we're trying to go forward? Well, you know, we need to wait till, and, and I think I understand you guys are maybe trying to find a minister, I'm not sure. But, you know, okay, well, when we get a minister, then we'll get around to it. Well, when, when, you now after he's had her father to be here and get settled in, we'll get around to it. You know when Tyler needs to get around to things? Yesterday. When does Tyler need to get me involved in things? Now. When do we need to get going in God's service? Now, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time we really need to be focusing on the things of God. Now is the time I really need to be looking at my life and seeing what God would have me to do. You know, when you start thinking about now, he's talking about the time of salvation. Let's go over to the book of Galatians together. To Galatians chapter 4. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through verse 7. It's very interesting observations made by Paul here. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. When the fullness of time had come. The fullness of time came what? Through Christ. 
God knew when his son needed to come. He had events that he needed to get in place. He had certain things that he wanted to have done. And so when the time was just right, God sent forth his son. In the fullness of time, God had his plan and he knew what man needed in order to be saved. It's a great parable told in the book of Luke chapter 14. We're not going to take the time to go back and read that entire parable, but in Luke chapter 14, begin in verse 24, there's going to be begin in verse 15 and continue through verse 24, you read the parable of the great supper. The parable of the great supper and it talks about the man who had invited all these people to come and to take of his supper. God knew when the fullness of time was going to come. And he wanted everyone to come to his family, the church. The feast was ready. The blessings of the church were available. But when the fullness of time came, that opportunity was there, but there were those that were invited that did not want to come. There were those that were chosen that did not want to take part in being a part of that kingdom. And so the master said what? I tell you what, you go out and you go out into the highways and the byways. You go out into the woods. You go out everywhere. You knock on doors. You go everywhere you can and you start inviting people to come in. And so the servants went out and they did just that. They went out and they invited everybody and they came back and they said, well, you know, we got the room pretty full. And he said, no, go out and invite more. There's still room. Why don't who is God talking about there? He's talking about you. He's talking about us at Tyner. He's talking about the family of God. And he's saying what? All things are ready. He's saying what? The fullness of time has come. My church has been established. And I want you to go what? Where? I want you to go everywhere. And I want you to invite everyone to come and be a part of my family. And enjoy the feast. Well, what's the feast? The feast is being a part of God's family of the church. The feast is having the remission of our sins. The feast is having the hope of that assurance of heaven. The, the feast is being able to enjoy all those things we get through God. And so God's saying, listen, let's go out there and invite everybody. Let's go out there and let them know what we have available and what they need. Isn't that what we need to be doing as God's family? The fullness of time is here. Well, the church indeed has been established, Matthew chapter 16 to verse 18. Remember, Peter gave that confession that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. And, and Jesus blessed him and said, Blessed art thou, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And based on that confession, I'm going to do what? I am going to build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Brethren, we get to be part of God's family. We get to be part of God's family. We get to be part of that church. The saved are added to the church. Acts chapter 2, when you start looking out there around verse 36 and verse 37, when Peter had preached that sermon and it talked about what they'd done to the Son of God, the, the people said, men and brethren, what should we do? Remember verse 38, Peter stood up and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Said a few more things, but then down in verse 47, who added to the church? Then the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Well, how are they being saved? By being baptized into Christ. By following the things that God had asked them to do. Because the fullness of time had come. And God had established His church. God wants everyone to be in His church. You realize that God wants everyone to be 
in this church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. We have all been able to be added to the family of God. We have all had that blessing given to us of being able to be part of the family of God. And God now says, listen, I need you to be the servant that invites everyone to come and be part of my family. God needs you. He needs the White Oak congregation. He needs the Tyner congregation. He needs any congregation of his people that are being faithful to him to be able to do what? To be that servant. To be that servant that goes out and invites those that need God to be in his family. Brandon, look how blessed we are to be there. You ever had something you really like? Had something you just really like? You never told anybody about it, right? Right? You you had something you really like. You know, maybe you had an acre of pain. And, and you found a cream and, and you, you used that cream and you didn't hurt anymore and you were so excited. I'm not telling anybody about that. I feel better. I don't want anybody else to know. No, when you, when you had that and, and you got to feeling better, what did you do? Was there anybody you didn't tell? Was there? I mean, because you were so excited about this product and you're like, man, I've got to tell everybody about this because look what it's done for me. Hmm. I'm in the Lord's family, the church. There's no product in this world that's any better than that. Is there? No, there's not. So God's saying, let's go tell everybody. Let's go tell everybody about this great blessing we have. Be that servant. If you're not a child of God, if you're not a child of God, your lives now might be the only time you have. You will turn with me if we go to the book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4. In James 4 verse 13 and verse 14. Come now you who say today or tomorrow. We'll go into such and such a city. Spend a year there. Buy, sell and make a profit. Verse 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For your life it's a vapor that appears for a little time. And then vanishes away. I don't know how much time the people of the White Oak community, the Red Bank community, the Hickson community all right around us, I don't know how much time they're going to have. I don't know how much time I'm going to have. And so I understand then, since there is no promise of tomorrow and we can't go back to yesterday, then God is saying right now, I need to share His message. Be that servant that goes out. So what can White Oak do? What can Tyner do? What can faithful congregations of God's people do? Go out and try to reach those that are lost. Go out and share God's message that the fullness of time has come, that God's kingdom has been established, and that you need to be a part of that kingdom. It's the only place where you can have forgiveness of sin. And let's go out and let people know what they need. Now is the time. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. We're going to read verse 11 through the end of the chapter. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through the end of the chapter. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, 
The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust. God says, George, now's the time you need to wake up. Now's the time you need to wake up. Don't put it off any longer. Don't sit around and think about, you know, well, if I hit the snooze button a few more times. No, I can't do that, can I? I can't hit that snooze button anymore. Now is the time the Word of God is telling me that George needs to wake up. Now, in verse 11, what is he saying? Do this knowing the time that now, and isn't this kind of interesting? Like <laughs> the way he adds this here. It's high time to wake out of sleep. You know, he's kind of saying, if you allow me to say it, it's kind of like he's up here talking to me and he's starting to slap me across the face. Listen, George. Now's the time. Now's the time you got to wake up. You know, you, you've been asleep long enough. Now, obviously here when you start thinking about the sleep, no reference to physical sleep, but to wake out of that moral sleep, to wake out of that lackadaisical attitude of not being engaged in the things of God and get engaged in those things of God's. So as we start thinking about that, what does he kind of add to the definition, if you will, of what we need to wake up for or what we need to wake up from? Verse 12, if you look at that, he says, first of all, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Now's the time to cast off sin. Now's the time to make a, a honest look at myself. And isn't that a great time to do that the first of the year? To take an honest look at myself to see where I am, what's going on in my life. And as I start doing that, now's the time to really take a look at my life. Now is a time to look at my life and to cast off or to remove that which doesn't need to be there. And he tells me what doesn't need to be there, doesn't he? I need to cast off sinfulness. Let's look at a few passages together on this idea. The first is going to be in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 through verse 11. We'll, we'll read over these passages. You may want to jot them down so you can go back and, and look at them at a later time. We're not going to spend a lot of time in each one, but... What's he talking about I need to cast off? Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 to verse 11. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And then we're going to go over to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 3. Therefore, laying aside, or again, that idea of casting off, therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Go back now one book to the book of James. Book of James chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 22. Therefore, lay aside, again, therefore cast off all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now go to the book of 
Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to verse 24, that you put off, again, that idea that you cast off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you may put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now let's go back to where we were in Romans again. In Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. The works of darkness. they got to be done away with. We talked about that a little bit, if you remember, for those of you that were able to be here in our Bible study period. We talked about that from Hebrews chapter 12, that we have to lay aside the weight, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. And then let us what? Run the race that God set for us. So we got to put those things behind. Paul would say, forgetting the things that are behind, and I reach forward. So again, what am I looking at here? I'm looking at when I look at George Cup's life and I see that there are sinful things in his life, that God is saying, George, get that sin out of you. Cast that away. Put that away from you. But now I want you to go and look at the latter part of verse 12. You cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now's the time, brethren. Now is the time for me to put my life on God's team. Now's the time for me to put my life on God's side. I put off all those things of the world. Put off all those things of wickedness. But now is the time for me to put myself on, put myself in God's team. Did you notice in each of the verses, and I asked you to jot those down so you could go back and look at them, but in Colossians, 1 Peter, James, and in Ephesians. In each of the verses, each time that we looked at that, it said, now we need to cast those things off. But did you notice in every one of those occasions what happened? Every time it said, now cast off that sin, what was it told? Replace the sin with the things of God. He's not saying cast that off and then you don't have anything else to do. No, he's saying when you cast those things out, then you need to fill your life with the things of God. Now you need to make sure you're putting God where he needs to be. Great parable Jesus told about the, the house that was left empty. You know, it had been swept, it had been cleaned, and, you know, everything was out of the house, but it had been left empty. And then what happened? Well, when it was left empty, all the bad things started coming back in again. And it was worse later than it was at the beginning. What's that a reference to? It's a reference to my life. And if I put off the things of the world, but then I don't fill my life with the things of God, then what's immediately going to happen when I start putting off those things? Satan's going to come right back in. But the way I keep Satan from coming back in is when I do what? When I take that which was bad and get, get it out of my life, cast it off, but then I fill my life with the things of God. I've got to make sure that my life is so full of God that Satan doesn't have any room to break down the door. When he comes to knock or when he comes to push it open, it is so full of the things of God that there's no way he can get in. Put on verse 12. Put on the armor of light. I'm guessing everyone probably went immediately to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, you see Paul talking about what put on the armor of God. 
right? We, we put on those things of God. We put on that armor so that we may be able to stand. What, what do you say we're doing all that for? That we may be able to stand against Satan. That's why we're putting these things on, brethren. That's why we're casting off the things that are wrong. That's why we are getting rid of that which is evil. But then we're filling our lives with the things of God so Satan does not have room to come back in. One of the things that, as you look into the Word of God, I think we have to understand. We have things that we have to put off. Evil that has to be put out of our life because we understand that we are fighting for God. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 through verse 14. But you, O man of God, flee these things. Well, flee what? Flee um, specifically there the, the evil of money, that we let money be the best in everything that we look into. Flee that. You, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession and the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. Fight the good fight of faith as a christian you're in a battle as a christian you are in a fight you are battling satan and the forces of evil and we have to understand that that's why again paul would say put on the armor of god well what what image does that give you well that gives you the image of the battle right and i've got to be armed to be able to withstand that enemy that i'm facing And the enemy I'm facing is Satan. And so I've got to make sure what? I've got to make sure that I am ready to stand up against that enemy. So fight that good fight of faith. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Not sure how many of you have military experience. What would you have learned in that military experience? That you've got to rely on your fellow soldier. Each one of you have a mission you have to fulfill. I've got to trust that the person on my right, that the person on my left is doing exactly what they need to do so I can do what I need to do, right? Fight that good fight as a soldier. We as Christians endure hardship. Young man I went to high school with, one of the ones that went back in Desert Storm many years ago. I heard about they walking in there into one of those battles and I, I don't want to exaggerate, but let's just say it's been a long time since they've been able to have a bath. <laughs> we'll just say that. They had to endure some things that I cannot imagine. But they were soldiers. They understood the mission that was before them, the work that was set before them, the mission that had been given to them, and they were going to fulfill that mission. 
I've got a mission set before me. To keep Satan out of my life, but then as we also talked about a minute ago, to share Jesus with others. That's the mission that is set before me now. Guess what? Tyner, we need White Oak. White Oak, I hope you need Tyner. Well, what do you mean? We, we need to be working together, don't we? We need to understand that we are in this battle against Satan together and that we do whatever we can to defeat that enemy. That we do whatever we can to, well, destroy Satan, but then to fill people with the Word of God. Understanding that sometimes it's a struggle. And, you know, maybe when Wild Oak's going through a tough time and Tyler may be going through a tough time, that we encourage each other. That we can strengthen each other. Right? Endure hardship as a good soldier. Let's go back to the verse again in Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Now verse 13. Now is the time to walk properly. Verse 13. Let us walk properly. Let us walk properly as in the day. In other words, do not walk in the things that oppose the right way. Do not walk in a way that is going to cause the church to stumble, if you will. Can, can you imagine a, a, an, ar- an army and they're marching a certain direction and then, you know, let's say you got an army of 100 and about 15 of them decide, oh, you know what, we want to start walking a different direction. We're going to turn around and walk backwards. Now, how well is that going to go for that army that's trying to march? It's going to get awfully confused, isn't it? It's not going to work really well because we understand we need to work walk together. So let's walk properly. Let's walk the right way. Let's walk the way God would have us to walk. And then we're walking arm in arm for that one goal that we're looking for. And that one goal is that home in heaven, right? And that's what we're all trying to help each other get to, brethren. I hope that's what we're hoping to help each other get to. Help each other get to heaven. That should be our whole goal. And so we're walking arm in arm. We're walking hand in hand. We are walking together to give our lives to God. And as I grow closer to God, I'm trying to pull you closer with me. And then if I start slipping back, then you're there to what? Pull me forward. Right? So we've got to walk properly. We're not walking in revelry and drunkenness. We're not walking in lewdness and lust. We're not walking in strife and envy. We're not walking in what we cast aside. We're walking in what we put on. We're walking properly. Well, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. We'll go back to verse 11. When's the time to do that? Now? Now? Mike's changed that just a little bit and we could say, but now put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Well, how do I put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's look in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and verse 27. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The message that God wants us to be giving what? Is the message that we need to be in God's family, the church. The message that we need to be sharing with our communities is the message that we need to serve God. That if you are not a child of God, that you need to be baptized into Christ. That you can put on Christ. 
And then in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, as Christians, what do we do? We follow the example that Jesus set for us. We live the way God wants us to live. Do you need to get around to being a child of God? I don't know everyone in this congregation, but there may be somebody here today that's not a child of God. That little round to it we were talking about earlier that, you know, that I used to sell when I worked up at Rock City. Um, do you maybe need to have one of those as a reminder that now is the time you need to put on Christ? It's time to get around to it. I don't need to keep thinking about it and pondering when I need to do it. No, I need to put on Christ. I put on Christ through baptism. And so today, if you're not a child of God, we want to encourage you to repent of your sins. To confess your faith in Christ. To be buried in baptism. That those sins can be washed away. Now's the time. Now's the time. Not next year, next week, next month. Now is the time. Then what about us as God's children? As I look back over 2021 and I look at this beginning of 2022. Do I need to get around to coming back to God? Do I need to get around to coming back to God? Because I look at my life and I know I'm just not living for Him as I should. I know I'm not living as faithfully to Him as I should. I know I am not doing for Him as I should. And and I know I need to come home. Well, if there's something that stands between you and God, then we encourage you to please First John chapter 1, go to God, confess that fault, ask forgiveness, and know that that forgiveness will be there. Maybe it's something that you've either brought reproach on a congregation or you know you need the encouragement of the congregation. And so today, right now, we're going to sing this song of encouragement. And if you're not a child of God or a child of His that you know you need to come home, don't wait to get around to it. Let's do it right now.